When it comes to air quality, the bad news is that wildfires and air pollution have really degraded the quality of our air. But the good news is that we're all realizing that the quality of our air, and particularly the quality of our indoor air, is really darn important. I'm so excited to tell you about Puro Air because in 30 minutes, this device will remove allergens, dust, smoke, and gases from your room. It uses a stronger type of filter called a HEPA-14, and it filters pollutants at a microscopic level. I keep my Puro Air running upstairs where the bedrooms are all night. I love that it's quiet. Cleaner air just hits different, doesn't it? Check out everything Puro Air has to offer at getpuroair.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. One more time for the people in the back, getpuroair.com. Well, hello there and welcome to another Headlines episode. On these Headlines episodes, I offer up the need-to-know environmental news headlines in 15 minutes or less. We have no time to waste, so let's get right into the big news today. You may have already heard about it, so let's bring it out into the light, even though it's not great news, and talk about it. The news, of course, is that sea ice that packs the ocean around Antarctica hit record low levels this winter, according to the U.S. National Snow and Ice Data Center. This record low adds to scientists' fears that the impact of climate change at the Southern Pole is ramping up faster than expected. Researchers warn the shift can have dire consequences for animals like penguins who breed and rear their young on the sea ice, while also hastening global warming by reducing how much sunlight is reflected by white ice back into space. Antarctic sea ice extent peaked this year on September 10th when it covered 17 million square kilometers, which, by the way, is the lowest winter maximum since satellite records began in 1979. That is about 1 million square kilometers less than the previous winter record set in 1986. So it's not just a record-breaking low year, okay? It's an extreme record-breaking low year. Now, the Arctic in the north has been hit hard by climate change over the last decade. Sea ice has rapidly deteriorated as the northern region warms four times faster than the global average. And while climate change is contributing to melting glaciers in Antarctica in the south, it has been less certain how warming temperatures are impacting sea ice near the South Pole. Sea ice extent there grew between 2007 and 2016. But the shift in recent years toward these record low conditions has scientists pretty darn concerned that climate change may finally be presenting itself in the south in Antarctic sea ice. And so, of course, an academic article published earlier this month points to climate change as a contributing factor to these extreme low levels of Antarctic sea ice. The study also, of course, I have to say it, found that warming ocean temperatures are driven mainly by human-caused greenhouse gas emissions. So that's the big story out of the way. Now let's talk about McDonald's. <laughs> For many big food companies, emissions 
are heading in the wrong direction. So again, McDonald's. Five years ago, McDonald's said it planned to reduce greenhouse gas emissions by more than a third in parts of its operations by 2030. A few years later, it pledged to be, quote, net zero, which means cutting emissions to as close to zero as possible by 2050. So these are pledges, right? These are goals. They're lofty. They sound great. However, recent reports show that McDonald's emissions in 2021 were 12% higher than its 2015 baseline. Now, McDonald's is not alone. An examination of climate-related reports for 20 of the world's largest food and restaurant companies revealed that more than half have not made any progress whatsoever on their emissions reduction goals. In fact, many of them, like McDonald's, have reported rising emissions levels. Now, where do emissions come from in these food and restaurant companies? Well, the bulk of them, in many cases, more than 90%, by the way, come from the company's supply chains. So the cows and wheat used to make the burgers and the cereal, that's where the emissions are coming from. At PepsiCo, for example, which began setting targets to reduce emissions in 2015, PepsiCo emissions are up 7% from its baseline in their supply chain. And Chipotle, which set a goal of cutting its emissions in half by 2030, reported a 26% surge in supply chain and other emissions. And so if they're setting these goals and they're not meeting them, it's natural to ask ourselves, well, how are you setting these goals? Many food companies have paid outside groups to set and approve medium and long-term goals to slash emissions. And it's cool to be net zero, isn't it, in 2023? Net zero is all the rage. Many food companies say on their websites and in press releases that they aim to be net zero by 2050. It makes a great press release, doesn't it? But the reason I wanted to cover this story today is because goals and pledges and fancy-sounding press releases are not the same as actually doing the dirty work and actually cutting emissions. JBS, which if you don't know what JBS is, JBS is the world's largest meat producer. But JBS has been criticized by climate activists in recent months for what they say are attempts by the company to greenwash its progress on reducing emissions. On its website, JBS says it's the first major global protein company to set a net zero target for all its emissions, including in its supply chain. However, the critics say that JBS has not had its targets validated by a third-party organization and that it reported neither its supply chain emissions for 2022 nor the number of animals it processed. And so this summer, a panel of the National Advertising Review Board upheld a ruling that JBS had to discontinue its claims relating to its goal of achieving net zero by 2040. On its website, however, JBS does still state that, quote, our ambition is to achieve net zero greenhouse gas emissions by 2040 across our global operations and diverse supply chain, end quote. And so it stands to ask, well, you have these pledges, you have these ambitions, you have these goals, but you're going in the wrong direction. You're not doing anything substantial to make these pledges, ambitions, goals, reality. And so the overall takeaway message here is that while many businesses set goals or claim that they'll reduce emissions, 
there is no real incentive for them to follow through. Even after the National Advertising Review Board upheld that ruling that said that JBS had to discontinue its claims about achieving net zero by 2040, that same claim is still on its website. So the takeaway for you, and this is coming from me, if you see pledges, ambitions, goals, net zero by a certain date, that's greenwashing. These statements, these pledges are great for publicity, but they very rarely, especially in the case of food and restaurant companies, they very rarely translate into anything meaningful. Let's take our quick ad break. And when we come back, we're going to go to Bhutan and we're going to go to Japan. I have two feel-good stories. So we did two not-so-feel-good stories first. After the break, I've got two feel-good stories for you. I'll see you in a minute. So many of us have chaotic closets that are crammed full of clothing items, and yet somehow we still have nothing to wear. Well, upgrading to high-quality and affordable pieces from Quince when you need them is a game-changer. They offer organic cotton sweaters and washable silk tops, My 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters are my go-to. Not only are they affordable, but the quality is top-notch. They wear better than the cashmere sweaters that are double their price. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash sustainable podcast for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash sustainable podcast to get free shipping and 365 day returns. One more time, quince.com slash sustainable podcast. Hello, Sustainable Minimalist listeners. Are you committed to living a greener and simpler life? Well, meet Home Threads, your ally in more sustainable and minimalist home decor. As the total destination for decor and furniture, Home Threads helps you define your minimalist lifestyle while respecting the planet. Discover their exclusive Haven collection. They use many sustainable materials without compromising on style. And here's the best part. Home Threads always has the best value. It was time. After nine years of living in our home, it was time to replace our outdoor furniture. And my husband and I, we went to Home Threads. We have a Home Threads patio umbrella and a new bench. And oh my goodness, we are so in love Create a home that reflects your commitment to the environment. Visit homethreads.com slash sustainable and get a code for 15% off your first order. Homethreads.com slash sustainable. Love where you live. And we're back. Before the break, we covered, quote, extreme record low levels of Antarctic sea ice. We also covered goals and pledges and greenwashing in the fast food and restaurant industries. Now we are on to Bhutan. The snow leopard population in Bhutan is up nearly 40%. This is hailed as a, quote, milestone achievement. The presence of 134 snow leopards has been confirmed in Bhutan by the National Snow Leopard Survey. This represents a 39.5% increase from the country's first survey in 2016 when 96 leopards were counted. 
Snow leopards are traditionally found in 12 countries across Asia's high mountains, but they're threatened by habitat degradation, prey depletion, conflict with humans, poaching, and of course, climate change. The global population of snow leopards is declining, but this survey suggests that conservation efforts to restore the snow leopard habitat and combat poaching at the same time, both of these efforts happening together are having a real positive impact. Now, why are snow leopards important? Why should you care? Snow leopards play a key role as a top predator and as an indicator of the health of their mountain habitat. But the increased population may add to pressures on herding communities. Snow leopards can prey on yak calves, and so the report recommends establishing livestock insurance schemes and installing fences. Conservationists believe that these actions can facilitate the coexistence of snow leopards and communities that also call the high mountains as home. And now let's move to Japan. This is my favorite story of today, I must say. This is so awesome, and it is all about the Cool Biz Japanese initiative. Cool Biz, and Biz is spelled (laughs) B-I-Z. Every year from May to September, Japan, well, first of all, let's back up. Japan is known for its famously conservative dress attire in its corporate workers, right? Ties, suits, the whole nine yards all the time, right? However, Every year, from May to September, Japan's corporate workers and its government employees set aside their suits and wear more casual attire to work. So the neckties, the starch shirts, they're out from May to September, and in come short sleeve polos, linen shirts. And as October hits, formality returns to the workplace. This metamorphosis of... Japanese work culture is known in Japan as cool biz. Starting on May 1st, workplaces set their thermostats above 82 degrees Fahrenheit to save energy. And now you may be thinking to yourself, 82 degrees in the summer, that sounds really, really hot. And even though it may be uncomfortable, Japanese offices offer a model for how countries around the world can reduce greenhouse gas emissions that have contributed to record-breaking heat waves and extreme weather events. So cool biz, I love this because it is one extremely simple and extremely cost-effective energy-saving initiatives in Japan. Don't turn on the air conditioning. Like set the thermostat higher than normal, let everybody take off their start shirts and suits, save some money, and definitely save some cooling emissions in the process. This measure and more have helped keep Japan's per capita energy consumption to roughly half of that of the United States. Now, it sounds so simple, right? Let people wear cooler clothes and don't crank up the air conditioning in the summer. It sounds so simple. Why can't we do this here? Well, unlike Japanese workers, Americans are notoriously hostile to the idea of discomfort, aren't we? We hate to be uncomfortable. During the oil shock of the 1970s, President Jimmy Carter became a national punching bag for daring to ask people to turn down the thermostat 
and put on an extra layer in cold months. And here in America in the summer, many American offices are kept so cold that workers have to bring a sweater (laughs) or use a space heater. In the U.S., nearly all of the states with the highest residential electricity sales per capita are in the South, Louisiana, Alabama, Mississippi, where air conditioning and electric space heating are most prevalent. So America, we don't like to be uncomfortable, but maybe we have to be uncomfortable in 2023 when climate change is upon us. Today, in Japan, more than 86% of workplaces participate in the Cool Biz program, and that's according to an Environment Ministry survey. So good work, Japan. Not so great work, America. Let's be okay with being a little bit uncomfortable. The time is now. Listeners will be back on Tuesday for our regularly scheduled interview where we are discussing green amendments. Now, I know that sounds confusing and not fun. However, you are going to learn so much on Tuesday's episode. So promise me, promise yourself you're not going to miss it. Green amendments on Tuesday. I'm speaking with the mother of the Green Amendment movement. Yes, I am. I'll see you then. Have an amazing weekend. Reach out if you need me and take care.